Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Jumpstart Philly radio show. My name is Alina, and today I'd like to start off the show with a little bit of history, because today's show is about beer. You heard that right, craft beer. It may come as a bit of a surprise to some of you, but Philadelphia has always been a beer city. It was in Philadelphia taverns that the American Revolution took hold. And 100 years ago, Philadelphia was known as the greatest brewing city in the Western Hemisphere, or the cradle of American libation. So during the mid-19th through early 20th centuries, more than 90 breweries operated in Philadelphia proper, and then there were another 100 breweries operating in the surrounding areas. But during the Prohibition era in the 1920s, uh, the brewery boom came to an end, and the decline and near demise of virtually all of Philadelphia's beer producers um, fell by the wayside um, going right into the 80s. So things couldn't be much more different today, though. Philadelphia is experiencing a craft beer boom. And with me today is uh, a guest, an entrepreneur who plans to continue that boom, uh, particularly here in Germantown. Her name is Laura Lacey. And she and her husband, Todd, are owners of Attic Brewing Company, which is scheduled to open a tap room in Germantown later this year. So here's a little bit of uh, biographical information about Laura. She grew up in a suburb of Chicago, and she moved to Philadelphia back in 2005 to work at Valley Forge National Park. Uh, It was there that she met her husband, Todd, and got her first taste of craft beer. Uh, Laura has spent uh, 11 years... uh, working in corporate America. She worked for the fashion retailer H&M. But in 2016, she decided to leave her nine to five and start her own craft brewery with her husband, Todd. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, welcome. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here today. So Laura, you have a very unusual origin story for your business. Um, Tell us, how did you and your husband get interested in craft brewing? So uh, we met working at Valley Forge National Historical Park, and um, we were lucky to have some coworkers who had already found this unique craft beer scene. Um, so we'd be camping out in huts at Valley Forge, dressed as 18th century soldiers, <laughs> and sipping on some some great beer from all over the country. Um, and then Todd and I really enjoyed traveling, and our families being from Chicago and Colorado. Um, We'd go back to these cities and get a taste of this, these breweries that were opening um, and just fell in love, of course, with the flavor of the beer and the, uh, you know, tap rooms and breweries and 
uh, found a lot of character and mm-hmm. cool places. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've probably visited over 400 breweries across the country. Wow. And, That's incredible. Uh, yeah. So the, the interesting thing, I when I was reading your background, um, uh, the trigger was a birthday gift for your husband. Can you tell us a little bit about how um, buying a birthday gift for your for your husband led to this business opportunity? So those same friends that were really into craft beer were also had started homebrewing, and Todd had done it a couple of times and enjoyed it. And his thirtieth birthday was coming up, and I was trying to think like what would be a really cool gift for him. Uh, so I reached out to our friend Frank, and he put together a list of items. I went to Keystone Homebrew and you know, got a kit and I was so excited to give it to him. Um, and he just started brewing and has never stopped. So what was that first, um, <laughs> what was that first, uh, uh, beer that you, you brewed? Do you remember? Uh, what was in that kit? You know, it was probably, uh, like a, a kit that they make to make your first time brewing pretty easy. We're okay. using extract brewing. Um, it was probably like an amber ale or something. Um, and then Todd, you know, he's, super smart and um whenever he gets a hobby he he gets very passionate about it and so he just bought a bunch of books and started creating his own recipes really early on um so most of the beers along the way have been top notch there's been a couple weird ones um for a while he got into brewing like uh with the mugwort that was growing in the backyard and (laughs) okay (laughs) um but yeah early on uh we lived in our attic apartment and you know, I'd be carrying the bags of grain and gallons of water up the steps and spent grains back down. It was, I wouldn't say it's the easiest thing. We didn't have air conditioning, so it was very hot. We were very creative ways of fermenting beer and keeping the temperatures cool. But so, so that leads to the name of the company, Attic Brewing Company. So the, the birthplace was an attic apartment, yeah. a third floor apartment here in Germantown. Yeah, right here on Germantown. Um, we lived on Duval Street. Um, very cool block at the time. Um, probably still a very cool block now, but, uh, yeah, we, you know, thinking of a name for a brewery is, I, I don't have children, but I imagine it's the same as naming your kid. We, we spent weeks and weeks and weeks thinking of names and, uh, wanted it to be personal, uh, to us. And so Attic Brewing Company worked. It, It gave us a creative way to talk about our history. Um, and then also kind of incorporate in a lot of the, the um, ambiance and uh, inspiration for our beers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so a little a little free association here. Um, I'm going to say a couple of random phrases, and if you can tell our audience what the significance is, so Keebler fudge striped cookies. <laughs> uh, one of the first beers Todd made was this uh, black IPA, and we were out camping, and he had brought some with, and we were eating these the Keebler fudge striped cookies, and the pairing was uh, like blew our mind. And, you know, I remember us sitting there and, and this was like probably 12 years ago, um, sitting there and saying like, oh my gosh, if we ever open a brewery, we have to do food pairings where whenever anyone orders that beer, they're going to get a fudge stripe cookie. I don't know if we're going to actually do that or not, but. Um, oh man, it was a eureka moment. Yeah. And so then also, um, what was the situation with your neighbors? So there was a situation with um, beer on the ceiling? That was, a- <laughs> <laughs> that's the interesting part of brewing in an attic apartment. Um, we had a couple of times when the landlord would show up and be like, there's a leak coming from a place that doesn't have any pipes. Do you know what that might be? And I'd call Todd at work and be like, what are you doing? It's leaking. But 
we had a kegerator and he had closed the tap in the door and all five gallons of wheat beer had dripped through the wall, like through the floor, through the wall of the neighbor's apartment. And she came up and she's like, I don't know what's coming from upstairs, but, but my apartment smells, smells like beer. <laughs> and she was, she was super cool about it. And, uh, you know, she definitely enjoyed some free beer, but <laughs> it, it was definitely a challenge. Oh, man. So at what point did, um, did you and your husband realize that this could be more than a hobby and actually be a business? When I left working for H&M, um, I knew I wanted to own my own business, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I read a couple of books and did a lot of research to find out what made successful businesses. And they always, they always talk about things, you know, it's easier when you're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've always been passionate, um, about visiting breweries. Uh, and it just so happened that the craft brewers conference was in Philadelphia and it's this huge conference of industry professionals that come together. Um, we, you know, it was, it was pricey for us to go, but we paid, we went and met owners of breweries that we loved to visit, um, met people who were like, you can do this. And it, we really walked away with this like aha moment. That's, you know, we can do this. Um, and it's a very welcoming community. It's not an issue where people are like, oh, you haven't been doing this for generations, so we can't share our knowledge with you. It, for the most part, it is, that, it is very um, welcoming and uh, very helpful. We, I mean, we're so thankful to the many, many, many brewers and breweries that have answered emails and questions for us. Um, a lot of, you know, almost the entire brewery community in, in Philadelphia that exists today has in some way or another helped us. Oh, that's great. Um, and that's the, the thing that you need. I mean, we've been working on this for three years. So not only do we're so thankful to our community here in Germantown that's so supportive and keeps asking us, when are you opening, when are you opening? But also, you know, having that community of other people that when you feel stuck or frustrated, you can call them and, you know, they they motivate you and help you keep going forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for our audience who may have kind of a hazy notion as to what a craft brewery is, can you kind of give us the Wikipedia definition of what a craft brewery is? Yeah, so the definition of a craft brewery is really uh, based on the size, so how much beer that you're brewing, uh, the ingredients that it's, you know, uh, malt, base beer, um, and then the ownership structure. So that you, you can't be owned by a, um, you know, a larger corporate entity, you know, so it's, uh, that's the textbook definition. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we find is that most craft breweries are community centered. Um, you have people who are passionate about what they're making, they're manufacturers, but they're very passionate about what they're, they're doing. Um, and very creative and, you know, creating new beers and styles and um, like connecting to, you know, their customers and their communities. So, yeah, that's a really that's a really important issue that you've, you've brought up this um, the ability of the craft brewery to kind of be uh, a nexus for community development. Can you talk a little bit more about how you see this business as a way to build community, particularly in a neighborhood, which is. Um, you know, starve for redevelopment? There are over 6,000 breweries in the country. And when you see the impact that they have, um, firstly, they're really cool places to go. If you, you know, 
there's a large population of people that enjoy craft beer. So for them, they're like two thumbs up. Yes, this is great. Um, but there's another part to it that includes creating jobs um, and a lot of local jobs. So the person that's making your beer, serving your beer, selling your beer are people that live around you. Um, and then they're also very good at collaborating. So you have a lot of times you'll walk into a tap room and see art on the wall that's created by a local artist. So that's putting money into, you know, and bringing attention to a local artist. A lot of times they'll have live music and those are other, you know, people who are, have these crafts and are passionate about what they're doing and it helps them. Um, food trucks, they partner and support restaurants. Um, and for us specifically in Germantown, when we lived here for the seven years um, back in the um, mid-2000s, our biggest complaint was that there wasn't anywhere to go. There wasn't a sit-down restaurant. There weren't the shops. There weren't the coffee shops. There wasn't anything here. Um, So when we wanted to open our brewery, you know, we loved Germantown, knew it was going to be here, and saw an opportunity to help support other businesses um, and to see, like, Craft beer tourism is huge. People come to Philadelphia and they are they go to one brewery and then they're like, what other one should I go to? And they go to another and another and another. So we saw like we would love to have people come out to Germantown, rent a bike from the brewery, ride their bike to some historic houses, visit, have a sandwich here, grab some coffee here, maybe visit an art museum, um, sh- do a little shopping, ride their bike back, catch the train back to the city. It's so easy. Um, and having that revenue stream will only help support the other businesses that are here. And I know that there are a lot of businesses that have opened in Germantown and not been successful because they don't have that revenue stream, that constant flow of customers coming in. Um, We see, you know, we've attended a lot of the neighborhood meetings and get to know a lot of our neighbors and see that a lot of them say that they go other places to shop. They go other places to go out to eat. Um, And what we want to see is people, you know, supporting our neighborhood and supporting our neighborhood business owners. Um, So we're, I I mean, I can't say it enough how proud Todd and I are that we live here in Germantown um, and that we're building our business here. That's great. I love the, I love your vision for the business in the sense that you are looking at it both as a destination for people who don't live in the neighborhood and as a, you know, primary meeting spot for people who are in the neighborhood. So that's, that's really great. So um, the way you have uh, raised money to launch this venture is uh, rather innovative and atypical. Um, can you explain how you did it? Uh, I know that you raised money from uh, 300 plus investors, right? We did. So when you're, one of the biggest challenges of opening any business is raising capital. Um, and as much as we had this beautiful dream to open a brewery, the first thing was, where is this money going to come from? Um, we don't come from wealthy families. Uh, we are not wealthy ourselves. So we had to get creative. And uh, I, I think both of us having history backgrounds, uh, we were really good at researching. Um, and so I just researched, researched, researched. And um, a lot of breweries had done donation-based Kickstarters and Indiegogos. Um, and they got a certain amount of money, a couple tens of thousands of dollars. But in our case, we needed a lot more money than that. Um, and so we partnered with WeFunder, um, which is the largest platform for uh, communi- like community investing. 
Um, and they were, you know, we went through the process and got chosen to launch and it allowed anyone to invest in our brewery. And we're the first brewery in Philadelphia to do this. Um, and so people were able to invest as little as $100. Our largest investors were $10,000. Um, and we ended up raising uh, right around $185,000. Oh, and yeah, through I think we're at 307 investors. And so they don't have ownership of the company, but it is a debt-based um, revenue share. So once we're up and running we will 10% of all of our revenues go back to our investors and those payments will continue until they all get one and a half times their original investment. Okay. Um, and it was awesome to see the people that came from locally from Germantown who typically would not have been considered craft beer customers or craft beer investors. Um, and we see them out and about now. And again, they're, they're very, um, supportive and have attended our events and drink lots of our beer we brew a lot of beer now (laughs) on a super small scale um but we have a a cool fan club and when we open it's just 307 people who are really gunning for us and or is that the right word well Uh, your number one fans number one fans who are going to bring their friends and family and help support us so So, it also helps us with with um you know, having a having that cool customer right, base built in. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think your your strategy is so smart because if you had gotten a bank loan, you know, great. But the fact that you now have partners in the community, um, you know, three hundred plus partners who, like you said, they are rooting for your success. Um, that must be really. I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment um, when you when you think about it. What what it you know what goes through your mind when you think about the fact that you were able to uh, achieve that fundraising goal, that investment goal, and not have to deal with a bank? <laughs> we do. I will clarify. We do still have a bank loan. Oh, okay. So we do okay. have an SBA loan in addition to that. Opening oh, okay. a brewery is it's a very expensive business, um, mostly because of the equipment um, that can. It's about half a million dollars worth of equipment that, okay. that we're purchasing. So we do still have a bank loan, um, but in order to get the bank loan that we funder had to have been there. So um I think you know I don't think it's we were very how do I say this? So the the we funder went for 6 months and we pushed ourselves so hard. We did events, we were brewing four beers a day for 3 days a week and um you know it was a lot of work but we're very proud of what we did and we're so thankful to our investors but as a as we're trying to get this business open, which has taken three years already, we still are so forward looking that I don't think it's until the brewery opens and we can sit back and have a beer that we'll actually be like, oh my look gosh, that. look at right, what we did. Right, right. You're still on the journey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so talk a little bit more about some of the um, early challenges and obstacles you faced uh, getting this business off the ground. So the I'd say the biggest challenge with opening any business is where the money is going to come from. Um, And you're always worrying about that. So we did the WeFunder that was six months, but it was really a year process between contacting them, running the campaign, um, closing the campaign. Uh, Our SBA loan, that took about another year. Wow. Um, And part of that was held up by the government shutdown because it's an SBA loan. So long, lots of nights up worrying about that. Um, But 
I think the other challenge is you have people who are excited about what you're doing, but actually doing things takes a lot of personal motivation. Um, and because Todd and I are the, we're, we own it together, just the two of us, um, as husband and wife and business partners, uh, we really relied on each other to keep each other motivated. And you go to events and you put on a big smile because we are so excited. Our, sharing our beer is our favorite part. But then you pack everything up, you get in the car, you unload the car, and it's, you know, one o'clock in the morning, and you're like, oh my gosh, I still have to go to work tomorrow. Right, right, right. So I think that is the biggest challenge, but it's been fun along the way, too. We have, him and I have some crazy stories of, um, you know, different things that have happened. Um, So it's been fun, um, but I'd say those are probably the two biggest challenges. Okay. There's a lot of the government stuff. Like, we have to get licensed by the federal government. We have to get licensed by the state. We have city licenses. We had to trademark our name. So those things are a lot of paperwork. But you just kind of, what do you need? And then you get them whatever they need. And it takes a little bit of time. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so speak a little bit more about that. What What is the motivation? What is the driving factor? Because, again, um, it's a great idea. And uh, there's definitely a market for it. But what is keeping you going, um, knowing that, you know, the finish line is in sight, but it's still a ways away? So what's keeping you and Todd motivated? I think right now we're we've just put so much time, money and effort into building this that we're at the point of no return. Like we have to just keep going forward. Um, And but I think along the way. I guess it's just like we both kind of have this entrepreneurial spirit in us that said, I want something and I want to build it myself. Um, We're both creative people. So although the business right now seems invisible, like you can't see it, um, we can imagine it and it gets us very excited. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, of course, like family and friends and people who talk about it, that that keeps us motivated too. But um, I think it's just this idea of like, can we do this? Oh, I yes, think we can. We can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, and we're both very adventurous. Um, you know, we like the outdoors and we've done, you know, hiked 14,000 foot mountains and things. And you put in all that hard work and you get to the top and there's this beautiful view. So I think that's kind of the mentality that we have is there's always going to be struggles along the way, but when you get there, it's just going to be, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. and worth it. And mm-hmm. so Great. we still, you know, fingers crossed. That's what mm-hmm. happens at mm-hmm. the end of, mm-hmm. or when we open. So I know it's early in the day, but <laughs> 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 but uh, we're, we're talking with Laura Lacey of Attic Brewing Company. And um, she brought me a sample of her premium, premium beer. Sure, we can call okay. it premium. Okay. <laughs> so let, let's uh, let's do a tasting. Sure. Cheers. Cheers. Ching ching. Hmm. Well, that's good. Thanks. So, um, yeah, most people I see on the street are like, "Oh, do you have any beer with you?" I never carried around <laughs> with me, but I figured ten a.m. Why right. not? <laughs> uh, so this one that I brought is our Unbounded. Um, we brewed this 
for the historic Johnson House. Um, and it talks about just the movement of people. We've had created a really great label for it. But it's um, what's called a New England style or juicy style IPA. So it's um, lots of fruit flavors, yeah. um, very refreshing. Yeah. And as we, I know today's a little cooler, but tomorrow's supposed to be warm weather. So it's a, it's a great warm weather beer. Yeah, refreshing was exactly the word I was going to use to describe it. It's very tasty. Yeah, you'll get like mango, pineapple flavors, um, and there's no fruit added to it. So all that fruit flavor comes from the hops, which is... That's incredible. Yeah, they're, it's probably the most popular beer style right now in the country. So it's great. So, um, so basically, um, the, the vision is to ultimately... Right now, you're doing a lot of uh, tastings, and you're doing... A, kind of like community events where people can uh, have contact with you and with your with your product but you are opening up a location at um near wayne junction and the the brewery will be part of the ongoing wayne junction redevelopment authority effort that is being spearheaded by ken uh, weinstein of philly office retail and the founder of jumpstart germantown so can you tell us uh more about your future location and how that came about how that connection came about we were looking for locations for about a year um and ken's name had been mentioned um through um from us partnering with the germantown united cdc and uh had talking to some other people who knew that ken really enjoyed craft beer um and that he you know, was a developer in the neighborhood. Um, but we looked at a, a lot of different properties. Um, the thing about craft breweries is you need space. Um, a lot of space. A lot of space because the equipment is large um, and it is manufacturing. So there were a lot of people who were like, oh, come to my block. Like, you don't want a brewery on your block. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, because of the spent grains and the, the operations and um, that, but also because they're so popular, lots of people come and you don't want all the parking gone. So um, we looked at a lot of spaces and were, um, you know, looked at a, di- a couple different ones that, that Philly Office Retail had available down at Wayne Junction. Um, and they're huge industrial buildings. Um, so they, you know, we had a couple that were like, these will definitely work. Um, and then Ken had mentioned that Deke's Barbecue was going into one and they were looking for a brewery. I'm a huge fan of Deke's Barbecue from um, their spot in Roxborough and still their spot in um, Maniunk. And so I think my belly said yes first. That's my joke I say. It's like, oh my gosh, yes, please. Barbecue right yeah. next to me? Of course. Um, so yeah, we signed the lease with them. And again, because it's such a large project, um, and a lot of our fun- funding was going to come from, you know, the WeFunder and the bank loan. We needed to show that the project was going to get off the ground. And for us, the best thing about working with Philly Office Retail is that a lot of the build out they're doing for us and it's included in our rent price. Oh, that's so great. Um, it's a lot of money that we didn't have to raise to do it ourselves. And also, we kind of made a list of everything that skills that we had and things that we didn't know. And the idea of purchasing a building or having to do the build out, neither of us know anything about le- um, like owning commercial buildings or, or, do, or whatever, f- fitting them out. So having them have their whole team in place, the architect, the project manager, um, that was something that made us you know, very happy to partner with them. And then we spoke to some of the other businesses that worked with them and, and um, visited them and saw like 
that they do a nice job. So um, right now the building's under construction, um, but we'll be at 137 Berkeley Street right next to Deke's Barbecue. There's off-street parking um, next to the Wayne Junction Diner. So it's really great. And we live um, like three or four blocks away from there. So for us, it's awesome to um, to be able to walk. To walk and, to work. Yeah, walk yeah. to work and and uh, be able to to uh, enjoy the other businesses that are opening. And it's also steps away from the Wayne Junction train station. So Todd commutes to work right now with the train, and um, there's six regional rail trains that go through there. So it's a great opportunity for people to use public transportation um, to come out, enjoy some beers, and then hop back on the train. It's a 10-minute train ride. So even though – so you're doing this full-time, but your husband is still working for the National Park Service, correct? Yes. I still have jobs, too. Okay. And then we both – I said we both do it full-time on top of our other jobs. but. Yeah, there's a lot of money going out, so we still try to get Good. as much money coming in as we can. Got it, got it. So tell us a little bit more. Give us a paint, uh, like a word picture of what the new space is going to look like. It's uh, six thousand square feet, and what what's your what's the visual going to look like in, once people go in? Yeah, we have six thousand square feet. Um, it's split a little bit different. So our brewery system and the tap room are up on one level, and then there's a ramp that goes down to where our fermentation tanks and our cold storage will be. So things that you know aren't as fancy and people don't really need to see them. Um, but we'll have a three thousand square foot tap room, and our goal is to make it feel like an attic. So we, of course, uh, collect cool th- objects and mm-hmm. furniture, um, and. Germantown is filled with this amazing history. So we want it to kind of be a collaboration of all of those things. So repurposed furniture, antique furniture, decorations, you know, photographs and paintings on the wall. Um, Right now we're working to secure an actual um, old back bar. So like a back bar from speakeasy. Yeah, like a bar that would have been there in the 1870s or early 1900s. Um, so that it really brings this amazing character and it's the, it is a fun part and it's the part that we held off because you, you got to do the the hard work before you get right, to the fun. Right. But right now we're in the process of, you know, getting everything that's going to fill the tap room and it, it's really, really cool. Have you found that, that back bar yet or you're still on the, the hunt for it? Um, we haven't purchased it yet, but we've got some really great connections. Um, we thought it would be a little bit easier um and a little less expensive but they're very popular right now and you know we were huge fans of boardwalk empire and so okay i guess a lot of other people were too so there's a big um a big group of people who are mm -hmm. yeah marketed people who are are out there buying these old american bars so hopefully we get we get a cool one for our space that's so cool so um, so the other thing, too, with, with the tap room is you're also going to have a stage or there's going to be like a performance space. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. With three, or maybe I'm mistaken. No, no. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get so excited about the decorations right now. But yeah. So the idea is that we have 3,000 square feet of space for the tap room. Um, and Germantown has this amazing history with jazz music and just live music and musicians and artists. Um who live in Germantown now or perform here. Um, and we want to create a cool spot for that um, to help support them. And Todd and I are both huge fans of live music. Um, so, yeah, 
whether or not the stages are when we open, it's a little up in the air, but we will have a stage, a performance space from when we open and hopefully a stage either when we open or shortly after um, to be able to have people come out and do live music um, and, and cool events, just like things that the neighborhood is looking for. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're, you know, we love to listen and hear what people want. Someone had suggested um, like 18th century or like beer sing along. Um, other people ask a lot about sports games being on. Um, there's always like the quiz bingo thing, okay. you know, things mm-hmm, that are popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're trying to get creative and create some unique right, events. Right. And- well, when HBO brings back, um, I think uh, Deadwood, I think they're bringing back as a movie or maybe a series yeah. and then Westworld. Yep. So, <laughs> Pod is huge fans of both of those. <laughs> you can have theme nights around those two shows. Yes. Um, yeah, we, we, we wish that we could put a speakeasy in there because um, we're a big fan of visiting them, but we'll see what happens. Well, that's great. So in the meantime, um, you're doing a lot of efforts and a lot of events locally where people can come into contact with, with your with your brand. Can you tell us about some of the events that you have planned for this spring and going into the summer where people can have an opportunity to see you guys out there? We will be next Saturday. Um, we will be uh, partnering with Face to Face. It's a Germantown nonprofit. They've been around for 35 years. Um, we'll be doing their annual fundraiser um, that is Saturday, April 13th. Um, and then going into May, we've got two big events, um, the Mount Airy Day, which is May 4th, and Germantown Second Saturday, which is the following Saturday, May 11th. Um, so those are our big ones around here. And then we just got asked to pour at Opening Tap for Philly Beer Week. So we'll be at Opening Tap and we're hoping um, to maybe do a couple of events. That's the first week of June. So do a couple of events, um, maybe do some interesting beers to sample around. Um, every third Sunday, we're at Rittenhouse Soundworks. Again, going into the live music, um, we have beer there. So yeah, it's what we found is getting people to taste the beer and interact with us is so important. Um, you, you talked a little bit about the history of breweries in Philadelphia. When there were hundreds of breweries, the way they were all successful was that they were neighborhood. And that's what we're really trying to build. Um, right now, our business plan doesn't call for packaging our beer. Um, because we look at it like Germantown, if you want to get packaged beer, you can. Um, but the thing that we're missing is a tap room for people to go to. Um, so really interacting with people and letting them know like, hey, I know you like drinking craft beer, like this is going to be a cool place for you to go. So yeah, when we were doing our WeFunder campaign, we did probably about 50 or 60 events within those six months. Wow. Um, and then I'm guilty That's of a lot saying, of events. yeah, <laughs> I'm guilty of always saying yes to people. You have to. Like we, yeah. Um, but it we brew on a super small scale in our house right now. So it's a ton of work for us. But we really, really, really like sharing our beer. And it also helps us create new beer recipes and um, find out what people like. But we're thinking around, you know, we're supposed to get the keys to our space hopefully in July-ish. So after that, we probably will not be doing any events so that we can really focus on getting the tap room open. But until then, you know, we invite everyone to come check it out. So so by July, you'll have um, access to the Berkeley space to, to, to start production? On, so 
after Philly Office Retail does their bu- the build out for us, um, when we get the keys, we then need to install the brewing equipment. Okay. So that's going to take a couple of months to get the brewing equipment in, to build out the rest of the tap room and put the furniture in, brew beer. So we need to um, f- figure out the little quirks of our equipment okay. and then get the beer ready, which takes a couple of weeks. Okay. So we're hoping right now it's going to be like mid to late September, maybe early October. A great time. Yeah, um, right in time for um, Oktoberfest mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. lots of people um, drinking beer. So that's the plan right now. And so this equipment that you need, it is massive. I was you know, looking on your website and I saw that you have like a tank coming from Wisconsin. So it's like a massive equipment, manufacturing equipment. Yeah, it's, we have a 10-barrel system. Um, uh, the QTS is the... The uh, company out of Wisconsin, um, yeah. So ten barrels is about twenty half barrel kegs. So when you see the big kegs, it's about twenty of those at a time. Um, and yeah, it's we you know we really wanted to partner with an American company, so it's coming from Wisconsin, um, and they're making it right now as we speak. So is it going to come like on a big tractor trailer, or they reassemble it here in Philadelphia, or is it going to be like this massive steel? turbine thingy (laughs) they look huge it is it's big equipment um they're gonna it'll come on a tractor trailer each piece will be you know already assembled and then when they get it into this space you hook it up to all the utilities the guide call system and um there's some hard piping and right right oh my goodness it looks it looks incredible looks incredible so so kind of i mean Everything you're talking about, it's very exciting, and it's, uh, it, it shows a, a tremendous amount of optimism for Germantown. But, you know, there are always going to be people that are, you know, negative people. And so how do you counteract? How do you respond to people who are afraid of change, who are kind of like a little wary of, well, what are they doing? Is this just going to be another bar? I mean, because it's not. It's more, it's more than that. So how do you respond to, to people in the neighborhood who are a little bit concerned or a little bit fearful of what the arrival of attic brewing might mean for 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 the neighborhood. Our first thing is always to open up that conversation. Um, you can visit our website, and it's got our email addresses on there, and there are personal emails, so you can you know reach out to us um, and to open up the conversation and ask what their concerns are. So a lot of people talk about having more alcohol in the neighborhood. Um, but what we find is it's so individual how people use or dr- how they drink alcohol. So it's not necessarily having more or less, but how we create, you know, like how we like what we associate it with in the neighborhood. Um, and I think what I like to do is, number one, there's tons of articles that people have written about the positive impact of breweries and even neighbors who didn't want it there. And then they change their mind when they see, you know, the beautiful outdoor spaces or how it helps support other businesses. Um, But we also have um, Parks on Tap was at Lovett Library last year. And when you talk to people who were there and how it was packed and full and crowded, um, you see that it's something people are looking for. Uh, And every time we do an event, we see, you know, it's not people out, you know, getting drunk in the street. They're just enjoying a beer. Um, A lot of brewery tap rooms are family friendly, um, so it's not meant that you're going there, you know, and getting drunk with your kids, but go relax, talk to your neighbors. Um, and even if you don't drink, our spaces welcome 
to people to anybody so if you want to come and listen to live music or come and sit and hang out or you know enjoy deke's barbecue in our tap room like you're more than welcome you know to come and and do that and i think right now in our neighborhood there's a lot of passion passionate people who have a vision and i think you know we todd and i have the same vision for the neighborhood we live here we want to see you know crime go down we want to see opportunities good paying jobs um so we're on the same page, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I just challenge people to um, really get to know us and get to know our business and, and, and really see, you know, what other things this can bring that could help benefit mm-hmm. them as well. Mm-hmm. So as, as an entrepreneur and particularly as a, a woman entrepreneur, what advice would you give other entrepreneurs, other women entrepreneurs who are particularly going into an industry or a field that maybe they didn't have, um, you know, prior business knowledge of or background in. What, what What's your advice to other entrepreneurs who are interested in kind of forging ahead in, a, in an industry that they might not already have experience in? I think for me, I don't know if it has to do with my gender or just how I am. I did so much research. It took a year for me to write our business plan. It's 90 pages long. It's extremely thorough. Um, When we went to the bank, they said that they're used to getting two-page business plans. And so for them to lend us the amount of money, I think a lot of that had to do with the amount of work that they saw that Todd and I put into the planning of our brewery. I also reached out to breweries and worked Todd and I both did um you know we work for free you volunteered our time to learn more um Deer Creek Malt House they let me turn malt and work as like a lab technician there so I could learn about malt um and I'd say that's probably the best thing it's like you have to do your research to understand your business and the best way to do that is to talk to other business owners who are in the same business as as you want to go into um I'd say it's like a female in in brewing the brewing industry i try not to like let it affect me mm-hmm. um and to ever let my gender play any type of role mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i know what i'm talking about i know what i'm doing and and you know you just have to get used to it i'm here right, right. um and yet the history of of brewing craft brewing is that it was you know two centuries ago right it was part of of the the woman's role as part of the you know sustenance of the family right it wasn't a man's role to to make beer yeah i think it it always would have been like it would have been a household thing so yeah women would have been a part of it yeah Yeah, just like anything um and so yeah it's great to have um there's so many more women and lots of women in philadelphia who i've reached out to and partnered with who are again like you can't be afraid. You just have to go for it. And I think with any business, there's so many people who want to help you. You just have to be willing to ask for help. And I'd say for anybody interested in Germantown, the Germantown United CDC was such a huge resource for us. And they continue to be a huge resource for us because they're the place where everyone's going, other businesses and other people are going to them. And then they'll they know what's going on. So early on, we partnered with them. Um, we also took a class, um, a small business administration class for writing business plans through the Wharton School of Business. Um, and that was extremely helpful as well to not only network with other people who are in the same place that we were, um, but to just get those hard, tough questions asked, like, 
is this really going to work mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people who have been working with small businesses for so long. So this is great. Yeah, this is great. So, Laura, um, what's the best way for people to connect with you uh, if they want to if they want to find you online? So we're atticbrewing.com, A-T-T-I-C brewing.com, um, or you can follow us on social media. We're just at Attic Brewing for Instagram, Facebook. Okay, great. And um, in the interim period before you open, how can people support your business? How, how can people you know, show, the, show their support for Attic Brewing? Yeah, we invite everyone to come out. Um, you can check our website for a list of events. You can sign up for our newsletter through our website as well. We send out a monthly newsletter. Um, yeah, just come out, talk to your friends, tell everyone about it, um, and reach out to us if you have any questions, feedback, ideas. Um, yeah, we, we just love continuing to meet our neighbors and uh yeah we're we're just super excited to to be in germantown and i feel like we're in the final stretch but you never know if it's the final stretch or not right right well folks today we've been talking with laura lacy founder of attic brewing company in germantown it's been a pleasure talking to you today and learning so much more about the craft brewery that you're building in our community thank you for coming in thank you so much for having me it's been great So, folks, that's all for now. And, by the way, if you want to get more information about the Jumpstart program, you can visit uh, gojumpstart.org or jumpstartgermantown.com. I'll be back again next Friday, same time, same channel, with another interview. So, until then, have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.